0: We got news from the land down under. You're going to want to hear what's up on this episode of the Indie Ball Report podcast. All right, we're back again this week, episode number 196 of the Indie Ball Report podcast. I'm Nick, he's well. We have a and a episode coming up in a couple of weeks, so get your questions in for that, because we already have about seven or so questions, so we're off to a good start after one Ooh, week.
1: But That is that is a good start. Yeah,
0: I'm surprised. Now, granted, most of them are from the same person, but still, point remains. I
1: don't care. Questions are questions.
0: Exactly. That's what I say. But um more pressing than that, we do have news in the american association pretty much actually i think it's exclusively the american association this week we got a new partnership and they're looking for people so we got some uh, some content to talk about in that regard
1: yeah there are definitely some things to talk about Not a, a huge week but you know i mean it's getting close to christmas and you know that's kind of what that's kind of what indie ball turns into anyway <laughs> around this time of year but it's a little bit of news
0: exactly it just winds up being a dead zone When you get into the winter and I mean, I don't think we really need to go through every single player signing or start discussing all that kind of thing, because at the end of the day, everything's so volatile year to year. It doesn't make much sense to do, uh, you know, a deep dive on every signing. Uh, I think our previews pretty much cover that department. But uh, but yeah, it's it's winter and that's going to happen. But I guess without uh, burning any more time, we should get right into the heart of this episode, which is, of course, the newest and latest partnership with the american association that is with one of the major winter leagues that we see a lot of indie ball talent uh going to and that is of course the australian baseball league uh they announced a partnership program that will see them exchange coaches and staff have some live streaming cross promotion uh amongst other things as well if I'm not mistaken, they did something similar with that on more of a temporary, limited basis, either last year or the year prior, if I recall correctly. And uh, generally speaking, it seems as though it you'll have a lot of cross between Australian staff coming in the summer to you know work with American association clubs in the league and vice versa for the winter. So that seems to be a major component of all of this. Uh, likewise. It seems as though we're going to get some Australian games being streamed on the AA Baseball TV platform. Uh, Certainly like that. Definitely adds some year round value uh, to that program and to that subscription as well. And it seems like the American Association, or not American Association, the Australian Leagues uh, video platform will do something similar as well. Uh, So it definitely seems like a positive thing on that front. And likewise, um, I imagine that we will see. uh, some other cross promotional elements too, even if it's just social media or or things of that sort. But it is a pretty major news, I would say.
1: Yeah, it's it's really uh, really major news and really exciting news. Honestly, it kind of just shows the American Association being on the forefront of a lot of this stuff. And I think that uh, I mean, and for those who don't know, there's all uh, this is a logical fit, I guess, for a partnership between the two leagues, just because a lot of uh, players that are well i mean whether it's the american association or atlantic league frontier league whatever the a lot of those guys a lot of their goals are to get to winter ball uh because um you, you know you get paid you get you get paid pretty well out there and of course not everybody can uh and not everybody can say play in like the dominican republic winter league like the dr winter league where there's like where it's just stacked with major league veterans and top prospects like if you get to the I mean, then again, you could just be a stud like David Kubiak, go pitch in a rotation in the uh, DR Winter League, and just completely shove because he's insane. Yeah. But uh, but anyway, um, I think that it's it's a really cool partnership because there's a logical fit there. Because in particular, uh, I mean, the Australian teams they'll have their own, they'll have their native players. They'll and a lot of the time uh, they look to independent leagues primarily for pitching, but they also for uh, other things as well. But pitching's the big part. And I think if it, if I don't because it's hard to know like the specifics because you're talking like oh like exchanges, coaches, players, whatnot. Mm-hmm. That's cool. It's like it's not overly specific, I guess. Uh, but because there's no like real numbers attached to it or anything. But I would say that if they can foster a, a thing where you have guys and you have players and coaches that are very similar uh and maybe like the better players on American association teams are then going to Australia.
0: Mm. That
1: is a really positive thing because that is a, that I tell you what, that's a really big selling point for a lot of guys who, who are looking to to play indie ball. Uh, and that's a big selling point that could differentiate the American association apart from, from a lot of other, uh a lot of other leagues. If they say Hey, like, I mean, our better players are pretty much, I don't know, again, I don't know if this is the exact wording, but if it were, like, you'd be pretty much guaranteed a spot in the American Association with similar coaches as well. I mean, and also, Australia, just in general, Australia rules. Just like, an amazing country. I I hope I can go there someday. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I I think it's a really exciting partnership, and I, I think it's a, if it is what I think it is, uh it seems to be something that the american association can really use to differentiate itself from uh from its league and the other major indie ball leagues Uh, and if they can keep a lot of those coaches and and players the same and it's a it's a really good partnership and i think it's one that makes uh, a lot of sense for both sides and for the fans it's cool on the streaming aspect of it too
0: Absolutely. I think the scouting element of it is is something that's going to be very present as well. Um, As far as the exact terminology, at least in the press release, it goes. And of course, the press release will be linked in the show notes for anyone that wants to read it themselves. Uh, under the partnership terms, the ABL, Australian Baseball League, and AAPB, American Association of Professional Baseball, will engage in an, ex- an inter-exchange of staff on a year-round basis between member clubs. These staffers will work year-round and transition between Australia and America during the country's respective playing seasons, November to February in Australia, and then May to September in America. Staff may include... Coaches, groundkeepers, interns. Imagine being an intern that gets shipped over to Australia in the middle of the semester. That'd be kind of cool. And any parties who may benefit from such a year-round baseball experience. So it seems to be that pretty much anyone involved in the organization is included in that. I don't think it's necessarily players. It's not at least explicitly listed that players are going to be. You know, like okay, if you finish in like the top five percent of american association players in this regard or top five percent of australian baseball players in this regard you go there it but it does seem like in a roundabout way that is the goal in that you know eventually yeah yeah like okay well the coaching staff from like the melbourne bandits or the perth heat are going to say oh well if i'm going to go coach over with the kansas city monarchs or the king county cougars i know that you know this particular player here i'm trying to really resist the urge make a crocodile dundee joke but like this guy is i know him he's a good bad he's a good arm he's a whatever i want to bring him over as well or flip side here you know if you're you know, on uh, on the Chicago dog staff, or if you are on the uh, Lake Country uh, dog hound staff and you know a guy, you know, it's like, oh, well, yeah, I definitely want to bring over this particular player, this particular guy. I definitely think that could certainly happen. And I think, uh, as you were uh, kind of talking about, Will, I think for guys that are maybe not on the upper end, but I think on the middle tier of winter ball guys, that maybe they don't get as many opportunities. Maybe they're not going to get that... The shots in, uh, you know, uh, Latin America or, or the Caribbean, they could certainly be looking now to having a more definite role over in australia and i think that's going to really be a positive there and what i like especially on this front is it's kind of growing the brand right like obviously in australia you don't really have minor league baseball that's not really a thing because major league baseball isn't really a thing especially in like the the months of the year which baseball has you know traditionally been played in america which would be you know early spring to early fall so what essentially you're doing is saying, all right, we're not going to compete with major league baseball on a day in day out basis. But what we can do is you're going to have some fans because obviously in Australia, if you're watching baseball, a sport that's not exactly native to the country, you're probably, uh, an abnormally diehard fan on it, right? Like, like you would say for a rugby fan in America, it's not really a native sport to hear. It's not a sport that, you know, is really casually followed. If you're into it, you're kind of really into rugby. So, you're going to be following your guys you're going to be following your team so what this kind of sets up is you're not competing with the MILB guys you're competing with the guys with the other independent league so if you can get your guys your American Association guys into the Australian league there's a decent enough chance that you're going to have Australian league fans go oh I know Logan Trowbridge from here I know whomever else it may be playing down there from here let me watch the milwaukee game let me watch the kansas city game let me watch the fargo game to follow those guys and it definitely helps grow the brand on that sense and i do very much like that even if it is only a game or two a week that's being streamed i definitely think it is something of interest
1: yeah and i think it's also uh it's probably more of a fit for the for those fans out there because I, I would at least I would think with the pretty stark time difference, right? It would be difficult uh, to legitimately follow like major league baseball, minor league baseball, and whatnot. Hmm. But I think uh a. TV, you have different, um, you know, oh, you have archives stuff like that. It, it's a good way to uh, kind of um, you know get like get some familiarity with those uh, with those players that you might see. Uh, in australia and of course the coaching and you mentioned the the coaching end of things of uh it's also a like it's also a a plus for those uh it's also a plus for the native uh for like the the native australian players right Mm. who can get uh who can get seen by american association uh coaches and staff and then they can say hey i think you're pretty good like we'd love to try and bring you to the states during uh during the you know summer months, uh, so I think that uh, it's a it's a really strong partnership. It's a good um, it's another real step forward uh, for the American Association, and I think um, and you know I, I think it's cool to see them have this type of connection because there is such a natural connection between yeah. uh, major independent ball and the and the. Uh, australian winter league so i think yeah i think it's good for fans like it's good for players it's good for coaches it's 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 a really uh forward-thinking change between the two leagues uh and i think really both the 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 players that are american players in the american association win as well as the australian players
0: too yeah i definitely think so and i think that is a a good point too because i'm not necessarily sure and i'm you know Obviously Major League scouts do their due diligence but I'm not sure how much time and resources are really being spent in New Zealand in Australia in that general region and certainly not in the greater you know like Asian region it's going to be South Korea, Japan, Taiwan. Those areas are going to get the bulk of the scouting and certainly not, you know, Australia or something along those lines. So I think it definitely does give a great opportunity to those local players like you're saying will because, you know, now they, they were often overlooked, I imagine, for a lot of these guys unless they were truly a standout talent. So now guys that are maybe later developing are going to have a full year of baseball to really be able to prove themselves and have an opportunity to really get in front of a lot of eyes too so i i definitely agree with that and uh, just out of curiosity i checked to see what the uh next live game for the australian league would be and it appears as though it is going to be against a korean team it is going to be the uh geelong korea versus yeah. brisbane <laughs> or Brisbane, I, I believe it's brisbane but i don't i don't really know brisbane, the I yeah in queensland I believe is how that is but yes yeah, so that is uh the one to look out for is a 10:30 central time start it appears it's a double header as well and that is on today actually it's actually later today so i guess by the time uh, everyone's listening to this it'll kind of have passed but um you could always go on and take a look at it in the archives i imagine i'm sure they're gonna log them there too so uh on that front I think we've just about said everything we have uh, set out to say about this partnership, and we do have a little bit more news this week. Obviously, like we mentioned, it's a slower news week, but we do have some other more, um, I guess, uh, I guess bookkeeping news as well. But. We'll move on from the ABL partnership to something else in the American Association, which is they're looking for live content creators. They have a live content creator program. So you know I'm going to make an influencer joke to be the uh, the title of this week's episode. That's just a given at this point. But if you are in one of the 12 American Association markets, which again are Chicago, Illinois, Cleburne, Texas, Fargo, North Dakota, Gary, Indiana, Geneva, Illinois, Kansas City, Kansas. We're not going to try. but you're-
1: it. Do it. Try it.
0: Okinawak, Wisconsin, you know, Lake Country, Wisconsin, Uh, Lincoln, Milwaukee, (coughs) I mean, sorry about joking, Lincoln, Nebraska, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Sioux City, Iowa, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, or Winnipeg, Manitoba, and the great nation of Canada, Uh, you will have an opportunity to get some, uh, some game day creation content, Uh, this is, seemingly more or less a, an internship program uh, that's ran by the league, I'd imagine, because they want to be able to have content from each of these uh, markets for the social media pages for, you know, the uh, the weekend wrap ups, the whip arounds, those kinds of things. Uh, so it seems to be more like that. But you'll also be with uh, working with other people so you'll be combining things if the sufo market with the lincoln market y'all can kind of work together it it would appear as though uh and there's different roles here um there's video photography and then there's the other category which seems to be more grunt work with video you're going to be capturing the video uh, of on-the-field play and the experience. So that's kind of more the fun thing, at least in my opinion, because you're able to kind of more interact with players and get a little bit more creative and try some newer and different things. Uh, so you get some opportunity to do some different things there on the video end with the photography. Uh, this is secondary to video content. Um When applicable, you're going to try and take some pictures of, of fans and players in action. So that's more or less just kind of, you know, it's photography it's it's pretty basic it's not really your primary responsibility in this role um and then in the other category you're just kind of uploading and labeling things you're doing all the boring stuff that every like uh first or second year comm student learns to do and hates doing uh because logging things is just like such a god awful boring experience it's not hard it's just so damn boring to log any sort of footage um So, yeah, you're just going to upload it. Then you're going to label it. You're going to categorize it uh, all into the central holding place for the league. And then if you want, you can go ahead and make some uh, short form video clips or photo concepts. In other words, some fancy Photoshop stuff and Photoshop and Illustrator and some uh, TikToks and stuff like that. So if it sounds interesting and you're in one of those markets, uh, be sure to check it out.
1: You know, I think a lot of leagues are trying to move forward in that sense to try and, you know, appeal to, you know, younger generations and get better on social media. And certainly in the American Association, they're probably the best league on social media to begin with. And uh, and the way that they market themselves, the way they market their teams, players, stadiums, anything else really. So, um, you know, it just seems like another uh, opportunity to try and make that happen. And I love, like, nothing, nothing is like, I, I love, like, I'm not talented enough to do it at all. But when people can like put together, like, oh, what do I call it? Like, it's a, they're videos. I mean, they're not edits. They're like, they're like videos where they have like music in the background. Kind of like the hype like highlight videos?
0: videos. Highlight
1: not, videos, but like, are more. you talking
0: like montages or?
1: Something like that. Like, you, you, I know exactly what I'm thinking, but I can't really have the words to describe it which i know is not helpful at all but um you know i i think that you're trying to get more digital and it's something that i mean that i know i've talked about at length on the show and um and we have as well and just that finding different ways to market the the product on the field uh to show to kind of show i guess the personalities in it for one and two like the, the the talent and like showing finding different ways to show like video wise is always a good idea so uh you know I think it's really cool i'm not talented enough to do it uh with a camera or anything like that or i don't i'm not on tiktok i don't know anything about that world but but it's just another way that the american association is looking to move forward
0: yeah and i don't mean to say it- Sound too much like I'm stumping for the American Association here because obviously, you know, uh, if they do something wrong, we we point it out, and that goes for any leak here. But it does seem like they're very tech forward in this. It seems like you would actually get a pretty large portfolio, and at least uh, from my understanding with a lot of these types of things, is you know, you get to use these things to build up a portfolio. So if you're particularly, say, a college student that's uh, (coughs) that either Lives in your college town year round because I know LinkedIn's in that grouping there, and there's a couple other markets in the association that are like that as well. Or if you're going home for the summer, this does seem like a pretty fun internship if you're into baseball. It seems like the kind of thing that could really be uh, interesting. Now, obviously, you know it's a lot of games you're working. It's 50 games in that market that you're going to be doing. I'd imagine you're not responsible for all the team's games. You're just responsible for the games in that market. So you're probably looking at like over the course of the season, probably like 75 85 days of work i would say in that regard but i mean a lot of it's spent at a ballpark and like i said you get to build a good portfolio here and you know overall it just seems like a really cool opportunity here uh i'd agree i'm not the most talented video editor i'm all right at it and i certainly am not a great graphic designer as shown by the um the title cards on each of these episodes it does the job exactly that's that's exactly what it does it gets the job done but it's not winning any awards so at the same time you know it's not something i could do it's not something that, that you know will says he could do so you know if you are kind of a good graphic designer you want to get kind of a foot going in the league it's certainly a possibility i mean if you look at like because I've been looking to try and get guests on and we're actually in the process of talking to guys. And I got a response from one of the people I emailed. I'll tell you about that when we get off air, but all well, two people actually, it's my mistake too. Um, but, you know, I look at a lot of these profiles because that's where, you know, the contact information typically is, and a lot of times like, up, oh, started as an intern, then went to, like, ticket sale, and then he became an assistant GM, and now he's the GM of the team. So, it certainly seems to me like if you got an internship with the league, and you're looking to kind of, like, get into more of, like, the actual baseball ops type of thing, you know, if you're working for a league, and you do a good job, it seems to me like, hey, you know, maybe you get recognized either by the The market that you're working in or by the league as a whole and then when there's an opening then like hey you know we got this guy we know what he's about maybe you want to look into him as a possibility you know at least it's worth an interview and so it could be a foot in the door thing and again i don't mean to sound like i'm going overboard on it but just in the context of the story it's it's a possibility and something to consider if you're in one of the markets
1: yeah for sure i think it's a good it's definitely a good way to kind of get your foot in the door with teams and understand how they operate and stuff like that so you know it seems like a, a really cool opportunity and um you know if that's something that that you want to do and you're talented i guess like editing wise and stuff like that like again I, I know the very basics of it but uh but yeah it seems like a really cool opportunity and just to kind of um you know as a, as a foot in the door especially for a lot of
0: these teams exactly exactly so on that note despite only being about 23 minutes in we are uh really don't have any other news i mean we have a couple indie ball guys signing actual contracts you know dave robertson being the um kind of the kind of big fish with the one year 10 million dollar deal with the mets it's kind of cool um that's there really isn't too much else going on to put it that way you know Hopefully, there'll be more news going forward here because, you know, short shows are not that interesting. But, hey, there's nothing that we could really do.
1: Yeah, I know. The Robertson story um, The Robertson story is cool, though. And I know it's a little bit different in the sense that he was preparing for uh, Team USA uh, when he was with High Point. So, I mean, obviously, he was signed and he was the closer. He wasn't there too long, but... Uh, I think it was, uh, I, I, it's a really cool story to kind of see that and help. I guess I'll probably be like the, you'd think the, one of the eight, seven day guys for the, for the Mets this year too. So yeah. now it just shows like mm-hmm. the, you can use indie ball as like a bridge to get back into, to, uh, really kind of get back into, um, I mean, get back into affiliated ball and get back on a major league roster. We've seen it happen before. Obviously Robertson has a, had a pretty massive track record beforehand uh, and as the setup guide on Mariano Rivera for many years. But I I think that it's a really cool story and kind of just shows that uh, really regardless of the league, like you can uh, you, Indie ball is a good stepping stone to get back into it, show that uh, your stuff's still there and then get another shot. And then maybe you'll get $10 million like David Robertson. Probably a rare thing, but
0: possible hey anything's possible really and I mean Julio Toron took advantage of his short stint in Staten Island too you know it's a nice story to see for the Atlantic League too they they need to pick me up too you know uh, hopefully we'll be able to do on the uh, content creator stories for them soon that'd be nice you know it's certainly a model that I think would work especially given that I feel like their teams are you know a little bit more established too so, I think they could really do some cool stuff there. And, uh, yeah, no, it's good to see that. Plus, former major leaguer, uh, oh, what's it? Lucas, Josh Lucas. That's it. Yeah, Josh Lucas went from, yes. uh, Winnipeg to Gateway as well. That's kind of cool seeing we got another former major leaguer in the Frontier League. Normally we don't get too many of them, but, uh, you know, got one there now. That's kind of nice.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's, certainly a lot of good stories like that. And you know, to really go on top of uh some of the other the more classic Rich Hill stories or Scott Casimir stories, and I know those are just Atlantic League examples, but you even talks like Nick Anderson um playing mm-hmm. the playing in the in the Rays. Yeah. Was he in the front? Did you also in the American Association? I yeah. know he's in the Frontier.
0: I don't know if we want American He was in one of them. Yeah. It's
1: but uh and then yeah, oh yeah, and Tyler Matzik. The Texas oh, Air yeah. Hogs How can we forget about Matzik? Mat yeah, like no, the Matt's only like success the-
0: story to come out of the Texas Air Hogs organization.
1: Not even like only like major leaguer. Like it honestly seems like one of like the only good baseball players they've
0: ever had. I don't know, I would not necessarily go that far, but certainly <laughs> one of the one of the very few that actually like I say, my time in Texas was a positive. There's not too many yeah. that could uh that could quite say that. You know.
1: Yeah, that was a that was a hell of a team.
0: Uh, why because they were putting up frontier gray on that no it's quite uh frontier gray type numbers yeah they were certainly putting up like uh houston apollo-esque numbers which is not good as a permanent team Uh, no
1: no not good um what was that that uh the partnership with like the chinese like professional baseball yeah and those players just sucked
0: yeah, and they needed the money so they kept doing it but it just it made it worse oh god yeah, and then building oh god and then like the whole what are stadium they
1: building that stadium again
0: i think they put cricket over there
1: yes that's what it is cricket
0: yeah and like really i think at the end of the day we could really question building a giant reflective stadium in the middle of texas to play baseball in like at least, like, when you look at Cleburne Stadium, it's like, okay, there's some muted colors and whatnot. It still is a pretty stadium, don't get me wrong. But it's not the kind of stadium that's going to attract a lot of heat. The When you look at the Airhawk Stadium, it was like, oh, this thing's, like, mostly metal. This is going to be miserable to see a game in.
1: Oh, uh, bleachers and that. Does it have, like, metal bleachers?
0: Yeah. Even, even when the sun goes down, it's still going to be warm. Like, yeah. it's going to be uncomfortable as hell.
1: Oh God! Yeah, it's tough.
0: Yeah, that was a, that was a suck. I remember having to like be in the middle of editing and then they shut down, and I was like, oh well, we got to go record an extra piece. (laughs) The week just changed. I remember that. Yeah, wasn't that fun? I was like, oh, Texas just shut down. I think we should probably record an extra. Well,
1: emergency pod. Yeah,
0: and we had to cut into like the early bit. That was fun. That was
1: fun. Emergency press conference.
0: Yeah but uh yeah so i guess with that we won't waste any more time we'll just i guess get into the outro it's weird to be doing an outro before the 30 minute mark uh, i don't think we've had a podcast this short in a while but
1: q a soon
0: though yeah q a is soon it's two weeks away december 23rd is when it's getting recorded so we'd appreciate you getting your questions in by december 22nd uh, i'm going to start loading those questions too into a uh, google doc and i'll share it with you so that way you can see them too that'd probably be helpful um that'd be good yep uh so we'll do that but if you have questions send them in uh either via the social media at indie ball report on uh on instagram at indie ball pod on twitter or you can send them in via email indieballreport at gmail.com those are all great places to send them we'll make sure we get them we'll get them written down all will be well and good on that front so be sure to get those in there as well as far as other promotions um i already mentioned the twitter i mentioned the instagram will's instagram at alpb underscore news do you want to follow that uh likewise you want to follow the show i'm not sure where you're listening now but we're also on spotify uh, apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher um pretty sure tune in as well pretty much all the major ones amazon music we're on all the major platforms as well as iheart too which is kind of cool um but yeah if, just follow wherever you get the show and if you can rate review subscribe you know the usual deal do all that um yeah and the website's got the show notes links to both stories today they're there um, yeah, and contact information there as well. Uh, I should probably have some more content up on the website fairly soon. I'm just kind of working through some other more important things to finish writing and then I'll write out the whole, uh, manager chart thing. We'll get all that up and squared away. So, uh, that's the note. Uh, looking at probably, I don't want to say probably getting an interview next week, but there is a decent shot at getting one next week. And certainly on going forward, there's going to be a lot. Like I said, I reached out to like five or six different people. And we've heard back from about two or three of them so far. So we're doing pretty good on that front. I got to reach out to two or three more people as well to get all that scored away, but we should be back to interviews soon. And obviously on weeks like this, having a nice 45 minute interview would help out a lot, but you know, not always going to happen. So yeah. With that said, do we have anything else left to add?
1: Rutgers got a win stolen from them last night at Ohio State. Really sad. Mm. Very sad The Big Ten officials wanted to give the win to Ohio State. That was not fun. But you know what? Rutgers will then take out their anger on the poor Seton Hall Pirates at the rack on Sunday night. So that's all I have to say. I'm very, very disappointed that uh, – the refs missed a guy clearly stepping out of bounds before hitting a buzzer beater three. So you'd hope, you know, a refs right on top of it can see whether a guy steps out of bounds or not. You'd think that's one of the easier calls you could make. Uh, but you know, didn't happen. So long season, move on, and uh Seton Hall will pay the price for it.
0: Couple points of note. One, we both know that it's very difficult to tell inbounds and out of bounds. We were both at that Iowa game and we saw
1: Oh my God! The one where that the was, guy's like, the foot. worst ones I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, he's out of bounds. Meanwhile, there's four inches between the baseline and his foot. That was egregious. Good thing that they overturned good. that though. That, that was a they good did review. overturn
1: it. That so, was one of the worst ones I think I've seen. Like it was not even close.
0: Like, well, you can also tell the ref knew he messed up immediately after because he was like, "Go to review, go to review." I that's my bad. <laughs> I think you're just like I can't tell and un- like. Obviously, in the split segment, was like, let me blow it dead because if it's not, you know, if I make the wrong call, we can overturn this. So, let me play the safe call. And, obviously, it worked out fine for Illinois, I mean, you know. Yeah. So, it was fine there. Uh, second point, you're going to be at the rack watching Seton Hall and uh, Rutgers, or is that just not going to be in the cards?
1: So... I wish I could. The problem is I'm actually calling Hoster, broadcasting Hostra versus UMass at Barclays Center on Sunday night. Oh, wow, so fancy. I I will probably not even be able to watch much of the game. I'm just oh. hoping that they win.
0: So here's what I think. A, where could people listen to this if they wanted to listen to it?
1: Ooh. Well, <laughs> I guess I think. Stream. Oh God, what's the URL? Oh, he wasn't know. ready
0: for that smooth Jeremy Roach pass. No, he was. Uh, stream
1: <laughs> w r h u dot net. So that's like the word stream, the letters w r h u dot net. That's where. it Sorry, games at seven, but you know, it's a ter- it's a four game showcase. Therefore, things could get pushed back. But around there, that's uh that's when that, that's when that game starts. If you want to listen to me describe what is happening in Hostra versus UMass, which is actually a very good game uh, with between two really good major, mid-major teams at the moment. So uh, Frank Martin, the old South Carolina coach, coaches UMass now. Oh, uh, about that. So, yeah, it's, uh, it should be it should be a fun game.
0: Oh. So I'll have to tweet your Ruckers, or I'll have to text your Ruckers seat and hole updates, and then Honestly, I want everyone, and then I'll read, I'm trying to remember to uh, retweet the link to make it easier for people to listen to. That's Sunday, right? Sunday at 7?
1: Sunday night, yeah.
0: All right, good. So I'll retweet that. But the real point of emphasis I wanted to hit here is I'm not sure why you're upset about a Rutgers loss when you're clearly a, me- a member of the Brotherhood. I've seen it in- with my own two eyes now. You know,
1: Because I was at the Dude game with you? Is that how yeah, that works? And,
0: and you seem to be pulling for the Blue Devils. They're over Iowa, so... Oh,
1: I can't... Stand Iowa, but I also can't stand Duke.
0: So I don't know about that. Uh, we have it on record that you're a Big Brotherhood fan.
1: I'm a big Jason Tatum fan.
0: That sounds like a Big Brotherhood fan to me.
1: Well, I'm a fan of Jason Tatum. That's all I can say.
0: And what's a real shame is not five minutes after you left because you had to catch a train. They did that every time we touch
1: that's uh, it's criminal
0: i'm pretty sure you were on an escalator when they were doing that
1: Abs- absolutely criminal <laughs>
0: yeah it's like you left five minutes later like at the next play stoppage the band did the every time we touch because duke was the only one that brought their band because they're not a poverty state school like the other three hey,
1: Illinois traveled pretty well for that game i was surprised
0: one. i'll be like here's the thing like for the early I didn't show up at all, which is fine. They probably got lost in a cornfield, so that's understandable. As far as the other two fan bases, they both have major cities in there, so they probably just went to there and then flew. But I could kind of get that, because if you really think about it, it's December 6th, so it's middle of the week. So while, yeah, it's still, like, Christmas season, so you're going to have Christmas inflation on hotels in New York, it's probably not as bad. If you fly in, say, Monday, you'll leave on, like, thursday or something you make it like a three or four day vacation in the city you do all the touristy stuff you know you see the tree you go to fifth ave you go uh empire state building although uh freedom tower is better for a view because you actually get to see more and it's higher uh you know you do central park you go you do all the touristy crap that everyone from new york and new jersey did once and then said why like i was the appeal here then you go to times square and you get accosted by costumed wearing idiots you know it's a real fun time uh but you go ahead you make it a whole vacation thing and then you go back home afterwards and you just kind of plan it around the game i know people have done that in the past because when i went to the north dakota boston college game at the garden a lot of north dakota people did that they're like oh well you know we just went out as a group and said oh we'll see the tree we'll do all this stuff and i was thinking people vacation in new york like, it's just such a foreign concept to me growing up, like, less than 20 miles from the city. It's, like, such a foreign concept that you would plan a vacation for New York. Like, I, I get it, but...
1: That makes sense, actually, yeah.
0: Yeah, like, because I think it's just because, like, if I want to go into New York, it's like, oh, well, let me just go catch a train. Like, it's it could very much be a last-minute decision to be like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to go into the city. And it's it's not like any sort of planning, but I guess it's kind of like the same way if you live by a beach, you're like, why do people vacation here? But, you know, because you live there year round, so it's always there. So it's just kind of a weird thing.
1: Yeah, I could see, I could see that. But yeah, Duke, Duke fans obviously showed up as I guess expected.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, it was kind of fun though. You watch the arena gradually fill in as the Illinois game started to dwindle down. You're just like, oh, there's a lot more blue in this arena. Yeah, no, exactly.
1: The, why is there blue, lots of blue in the crowd, on, again, with two orange teams flying?
0: Yeah. yeah, But keeping tabs, I saw one Leitner jersey, a couple of Zion jerseys, a few Cam Reddish jerseys, which I was kind of surprised about, a few Tatum jerseys, which made sense. And uh, yeah, that that was really the sum of all the jerseys I saw. So it was kind of interesting to see uh, see the different types of jerseys. I was really surprised there was only one Christian Leitner jersey because he's a beloved rogue alongside Grayson Allen.
1: I'm going to keep my comments to myself.
0: Why? Wow, you don't love beloved Duke players Grayson Allen and uh, Christian Leitner?
1: Leitner I don't really care about, but Grayson Allen just sucks eggs.
0: Uh, I don't know about that. He's a beloved rogue, you know? I just don't see how anyone could dislike uh, Grayson Allen. He's a lovable character.
1: Uh huh. Something like that.
0: <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. About. All anyway, right. We're nearly at forty minutes. I feel comfortable calling it here. Uh, we'll have the Q and A episode in two weeks. So send your questions in. Hopefully we'll have an interview next week. I'm pretty confident we will. And uh, yeah. Until next time. Don't forget to play ball.